Hello and welcome to Null to Zero, a podcast about building a company from nothing. Product, engineering, and interviews with smart folks. We really hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Null to Zero. I'm Brandon. Thanks for listening. Now, last week we talked about how do you make your first sale and then your next 10. This week, uh, since we decided to slide it into uh, two parts due to the lengthiness of them, I'm going to talk a lot more about actual tactics uh, and ways that you can go about making your first sale. So in the first episode, if you've just shown up for the first time and you're here, I highly recommend going back one. Check out the first because we kind of talk about the theory. We talk about uh, from a consumer perspective, like as in business to consumer, business to business and business to enterprise how to consider sort of your sales funnels, and again, more broadly speaking, how to get out there and get into market. In this episode this week, we're going to go a lot more into tactics, a lot more into kind of who to look for and and who to learn from even. If there's one thing that will really accelerate your sales career in this, it's being able to learn from others. And that's either through books, uh, content, video, podcasts, whatever it exists, it's out there. And there are tons and tons of great minds that are constantly talking about kind of how to do it better and they're probably also kind of zoomed into exactly how to do it better in your category so if you're selling to consumers and you live in north america maybe you're selling to consumers in latin america or or oceanic areas like whatever i bet you there's someone out there so i highly encourage you to find those people in my personal experience some of the people that i follow specifically on linkedin for the most part but also their twitter accounts are josh braun kyle lacy jill conrath david cancel Dan Martell, Tiffany Bova, and the whole team at Reforge. It's reforge.com. It was originally started, I think, by Andrew Chen, who's a partner at Andreessen Horowitz, one of the biggest venture capital firms in the world. But anyway, he's got an amazing team around him now, including Brian Belfour and just excellent growth people. Very, very good at uh, what they do. So in the show notes, I'll link all these things up for you to more easily go find them and follow them. But all of them kind of on a semi-regular basis. I mean, some daily, some maybe weekly, but they post constantly like links directly to step-by-step guides. There's checklists. They've got videos of people explaining how to do non-linguistic mirroring, like just everything you can possibly get your hands on. One serious note, like, I mean, we're null to zero over here, right? This is our podcast is about starting from nothing. Do not overly educate yourself it is a bit dangerous to spend too much time in your ivory tower like trying to read and learn and just get better Uh, a lot of this will kind of come together and make a lot more sense when you're actually out there doing it so yes follow these people and get you know a dose of possible learnings and links and things from top performers in the world into your news feeds if you you know go on linkedin or twitter or whatever and kind of learn from them, but do not get the analysis paralysis. Do your best to go out and make sure you're actually trying the tactics, execute against them. If you spend, you know, an hour reading through Josh Braun's, you know, fun stories about why his gardener changed because another guy did a better job of sales pitching him or whatever, that's great. And then go out and actually try to attempt these tactics. So I think I've, you know, bored this point to death. So we'll carry on from here and into tactics. This is the fun stuff. This is the black magic. No, not really. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. If you came to this podcast expecting that I was going to give you like the silver bullet sweet trick of, you know, million dollar businesses, it doesn't exist. There's actually a wonderful book called uh, Great by Choice where they talk about how there's no silver bullets. So it really means everything from now on, very similar to the way that you should be running marketing 
it's just tests. It's trial and error. It's using tactics. It's seeing how they respond. It's seeing how they work in your industry, in your vertical, in your markets, and so on and so on and so on. But I did promise you some tactics, so let's get to it. Tactic number one, use Google Trends. Google Trends, if you don't know it, is a tool that tries to show you search volume. And you can look at it by comparing one term or I guess like a combination of words in terms of calling that a term against others. The best and most easy example of this is soccer and football. One might assume, obviously, if you're from probably North America, that when someone says soccer, you know what you mean. You're going to kick a ball around with your feet and it's a wonderful sport. If you're kind of anywhere else in the world, they call it football. So if you were to go to Google Trends and actually look up the Google Trends report of soccer against football, so those being your two terms, if you set the geography to the United States, you'll see that the word soccer is used way, way more in all search terms. So usually someone's saying like, how can I play soccer? How to get better at soccer? Like anything with the word soccer in it, it's going to be significantly higher. So you as a business would think to yourself, hey, if I sell soccer equipment and I sell it in North America, I should use the word soccer. Yeah, again, it sounds almost silly at this point. However, the fun part is if you switch that to the geography being worldwide, they inverse immediately. Football becomes the absolute dominant search term that's used worldwide. So now if you think uh, you run a business, maybe it's an online store and you sell soccer equipment, and you want to sell it all over the world, you want to sell into different geographies, it's more important that you start using the term football. And that may seem weird to you if you grew up in, you know, the United States of America or something like that. So Google Trends can be a crazy valuable tool. You should be researching constantly the words and the terms that your market and community are using to, you know, talk about their problems or talk about the area where you sell a product that is valuable. You will learn all these things if you, you know, listen to part one, you go out and you're using Reddit and stuff to find what your customers are saying and how they talk about this problem space, and then kind of go to Google Trends to double check if your language or your marketing positioning, it's mostly just positioning, if it's being done right. So it would be kind of really sad if you built a wonderful product, but people don't discover it because they, you know, use a different word for what that thing is. It's actually fairly surprising uh, the number of businesses and people I've tried to help out on the product side and talked about market positioning. And uh, this comes up constantly. Just the fact that sometimes internally you come up with different names for things like user groups. Uh, for example, you might call them like enthusiasts, but they call themselves something else. And if you're not using the language of your market, then it's really hard to get them to discover you. And of course, search, as we all know, is a gateway to the internet and uh, making sure that you optimize your kind of language uh, to be found on search is going to be very, very important. This also unlocks a lot of revenue. Just because, again, you have an internal term for products or markets or groups, as I mentioned, it doesn't mean that that's what they call it. And the best example for me is, if, if anyone remembers, they used to call them e-newsletters and e-blasts when they sent you stuff. Now it's just an email. And even that's still kind of funny to me, that it means electronic mail. And while that might show my age, I swear I'm a millennial. So moving on, B2B tactics. One tactic that it almost shocks me that other people don't do this more often is just research your contacts. If you are selling a service or you're in the business of selling a higher cost good, so it's not just like a $20 soccer ball or whatever. I'm, that's actually really cheap soccer ball. <laughs> 
but let's disregard that for the sake of this conversation. If you're selling something a high value, so $10,000 service, let's say, it's very unlikely that a person's going to, you know, read about it on the internet and convert pretty quickly. Again, that's just a rare, rare case where you'll do that. So what you want to do is generally you get a lead or it's a, you know, contact or someone at a business where you now need to go through the actual sales process itself. Like they're not just going to buy it on the internet quickly. They want to probably talk to somebody. They want to learn more about your products, etc. So in this case, when you get that lead, you get that person. It is very likely that that person leverages social media in their life. And it's even more likely that they're using probably Twitter or something like that, especially if they're in the tech communities. Obviously, other businesses, you're going to have to check to see if this tactic works for you. But most people today are using one of the social medias in some form of another. And the amount of times that people will actually tweet out a statement like, hey, you know, quote unquote, hashtag lazy Twitter, any recommendations for great project management tools? Like, there it is. Someone literally wrote on the internet a lead, you know, I'm looking for this. And if you sell that, I mean, one, that's obviously one way to get in. Say, hey, I sell that tool or my company makes that tool. I'm happy to talk about it. But the other angle is it's not just the pitching. It's that if they tweet about kind of any of their pain points, which are, you know, areas of their business that they're having a struggle with or they're working on, you can actually just reach out to them and give them some help. It seems crazy, but if you just help people, like if you know the answer because maybe you're an expert or something in this sort of area or domain and you've built a crazy good monday.com like, you know, template, you just tweet them and say, hey, I've actually got a template for this. Would you like it? And they're going to be really happy. And the more you just provide value and value and value, one, these people, because people are curious, will usually look into who you are, see your name, maybe drop title, maybe your company, and that'll, you know, tell them enough. But two, eventually you can ask for something. So you can say, hey, can we check this out together or whatever. The real power of this tactic is combining, as I said earlier, your lead with this research. So if you already have a lead, you're already talking to somebody at a company, then you check Twitter and you see that they're talking about, you know, these three things as their problem and you try to support them with two of them, they're going to be really interested or surprised or, you know, and generally the way that I would do this, I wouldn't tweet it at them. I would like send that client and that contact a follow-up email with links and say, Hey, I noticed on Twitter that you mentioned you were having troubles with, I don't know, whatever the tool is. Here's a list of things. Here's some resources. Here's a blog or even a podcast or whatever. And you'd be really shocked at how many people respond favorably to that. You kind of gave without asking, you know, obviously it's, you're sort of building trust and rapport. And from my experience, that's one of the best ways to actually do a a B2B larger scale, larger cost good sale. Very valuable, very slept on weirdly by people to just go out and do the research. People are actively saying what their challenges are. And if you can help them in any way, you just should. And anyway, it also serves you and your business for sure. Another tactic that works for both uh, B2C and B2B and probably even B2E, uh, actually mostly business enterprise, but is mining your past deals. So if you've been selling successfully your product, you should actually spend time digging into that. Like who are these people? Where are they? How are they related? Is it possible to draw like a social graph, which essentially says, you know, client one, are they related in some way to client two, three, four, five, six, and so on. And as you find those patterns, as they start to emerge, it will expose obvious areas to you that you should be researching and kind of moving into. It's really surprising how many times people, especially in a consumer product, find out that it's a particular subreddit 
where there's a highly motivated community that's like kind of trying to solve a problem that their product of course offers and then just some person posted in that subgroup that hey look i found this thing and it drives like a crazy boost in you know web traffic or sales this works especially well as you go back to these you know 10,000 plus uh, sort of products and services which is why it kind of is so great at the enterprise level but essentially if you dig into these clients that are saying yes and and buying from you and getting that service or getting that product you will find other people that sort of match that pattern it's um a really great way to sort of go through them as well because if you did do a great job so let's let's hope you all do wonderful wonderful work when you get the client they're really likely to just refer you and it's not great to get an email that says hey no any referrals that'd be awesome thanks it's, it is great to get, hey, I know you're connected with Susan over at, you know, Acme Corporation. Do you think Susan would have the same challenges that your organization had? And would you be interested in introducing to me? Because I see that she's a peer of yours and, you know, maybe they're in the same working group or, or whatever on LinkedIn. These are really great ways to find highly, kind of like high trust introductions and referrals because if it comes through someone you already did great work with and you've basically already won then of course that next person's already going to have a favorable sort of introduction to you and if there is some pattern matching they're obviously going to have a higher chance to buy now to shift it up back to the idea of getting your first sale in that case what i would always recommend is you should be chunking sort of your sales activity and marketing activity they are tightly related by your most likely channel of success. If you're still seeking your very first sale, your most likely category is gonna be in-network sales. So that means somebody that already knows you. It's no you know, mystery that people buy from those that they know, like, and trust. So anybody in-network is gonna have a way higher likelihood of closing. And it's also a fairly safe place to sort of test. Because if you go to someone that's a good close friend or contact of yours and you kind of say, hey, can I pitch you this or whatever? Obviously, if they have some feedback or things, they'll they'll forgive you for maybe mistakes or things that you've been learning along the way. The next place is, of course, like in-person and phone sales. In-person's a little tricky. I'm filming this during the COVID pandemic, of course, but they are really, really powerful. And you can do that on video calls today. But the biggest thing is you want to sort of move through your network as much as possible in the early days to kind of build up your customer base. They're very, very valuable. And then, of course, the sort of referral technique, as soon as you start closing a couple of them, start asking them to refer, kind of as discussed in the last section there. And then it's the next 10 sales. So once you start actually scaling your sales organization, this, in my opinion, is where digital sales start to come in and play a role. Obviously, we are a digital firm, so this is the area that I spend a lot more of my time in. But in the digital sales category, there is so many ways to subdivide what digital means. Uh, a few of them that you can definitely think about, look out, read great blogs on would be uh, doing your ideal customer profile. That's a great way to target and sort of go after folks and start selling. We have an episode on that. Go check it out. You could do list building for cold sales. Uh, cold is hard. I generally try to avoid it as much as possible in my career. I know that that's kind of a very privileged thing to say. Some businesses, it's just you got to do it. And doing those cold calls is kind of a bread and butter. No matter how big your organization gets, they can be very valuable. But you should do a decent amount of reading there to figure out how to handle objection, how to kind of move through a cold call script, for example. Early adopter networks, kind of like Product Hunt, those are really, really valuable if you're kind of building new product or 
you know, trying to solve a relatively new problem that exists. Of course, social media networking, that is by far one of the tactics that you don't really see pay off immediately, but builds really well into the future and can have long-term compounding effects, especially from demand generation side. Uh, what that demand gen sort of means is instead of cold calling and saying, hey, uh, I see you like jelly beans. Do you want some? You become an expert and you put out great content that talks about how much you know about jelly beans and people kind of come to you instead. So the idea is you're creating, you're generating demand for your product. Most people, the standard tactic for this is, you know, kind of build up thought leadership. So start talking about the topic area that your company's in. So if you build really cool sensor, you know, workout equipment so that it tracks your breathing or something, then you should be talking about, you know, all the things you know about fitness and the workout industry and kind of probably ECG and like other cool readings that is the technology that goes into your your product and that kind of allows people to so go read about it and then eventually you've kind of created that demand again. Finally, some other ones, of course, paid paid campaigns do work. You know, wait till you've gotten probably past your first 10 sales before I'd, I'd say you start doing uh, that at scale because what you learn from all of those sales is really what's going to drive the successful paid marketing campaigns. And then finally, contests. If you have a little bit of budget and you want to give some stuff away, it's a great way to build a platform. You'll get low-quality follows or people paying attention because they will definitely just follow you to uh, win the graphics card or whatever you're giving away. But if you construct those contests or giveaways right, then you will also attract uh, some of the people that you want to stay and kind of have them hopefully on an email list or whatever. Other ways to go about making those next 10 sales is finding product evangelists. This is essentially influencer marketing. Uh, there are many ways to handle influencer marketing. Uh, that is, you know, a person with a platform who talks a lot about the product that you are trying to sell. You can reach out to them. Of course, the standard play here is give them some free product and see if they make a video about it. If they're a YouTuber, for example, or podcast or a video or whatever, there are other ways to work with them. And I encourage you to read uh, a lot about it. I think hashtag paid is a great company that talks a lot about that and they run a company in influencer marketing. So they're a fairly good source of information all about that. And with that, here we are the end of the line. It's been a lot of fun going through these sort of two parts, like the high level in part one down to some of the tactics in part two. I know I haven't covered everything. We could be here for literally probably a hundred episodes talking about this, but this is a very interesting part of the business to me. So please, if you have specific questions, specific areas, if you want to provide me some context for the product you're selling, just tweet me at Brandon Walzelnuck and I will do my best to basically respond as best I can. If it's something particularly interesting, we can get on a call. We can talk about it. I'm always, always there to uh, try and kind of learn more about what people are interested in, make a really compelling podcast for everybody. So as always, thank you for listening to Null to Zero. Thanks for checking out what our company Dignified is up to. If you're ever interested, it's wearedignified.com. And I look forward to speaking to you soon.